Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. Hey, welcome to Blue-Collar Interviews with Jordan and myself. <laughs> that is a gem of an intro. I love how excited you sound to start recording. Right? Huh? Uh, how are you doing this week? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Last week here, now we're on breakup, so. Oh, you actually off. are? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Oh. Until Monday when they text me that there's more work. Yeah, that's what they usually do to you, don't they? Oh, every time they're like, we're definitely on breakup. Be prepared for a few weeks off. And everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, a few weeks off. And they're like, ah, psych, there's work on Monday again. Wow, nice, nice. Okay, question. Do you guys have a Princess Auto in Merritt? Uh, no, Merritt's way too small. But if we go to, over to Kamloops, there's one. Okay, how do you like your Princess Auto? Oh, me. I love my Princess Auto. This could honestly be an ad here. I had a great experience this week. So I sent you a snap there the other day. I bought a dumb trailer, right? Yeah. So I picked up a new pump for it. I went to go pick up a new pump for it because I saw them on sale there. There was one used one for sale there. Not used, but like it was returned. So it was on for 350 bucks, and they're usually 450 Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. And we're in a small brand and it isn't very big. So if it sits there, it'll sit there for a few days. So I went to go grab her. And uh, I went to the till, go to cash out, had the wrong remote with it. So the guy called me over and said, hey, like, this is the wrong remote. We'll have to set you up with a different pump. I was like, oh, shit, like, I won't be able to get the cheap one. And it didn't even have, like, the uh, solenoids on it either. It just was just the plain pump. So I was like, oh, I got to pay for the expensive one. So I go over to where the expensive ones are, where this one has the remote solenoids, uh, tank on it, motor's ready to go. So I'm like, oh, okay, like, it's only 450 so it's only 100 bucks more for a completed pump and, like, ready to go. I'm like, well, that's not too shabby. So this kid pulls me over to his little tilt to the side there. He's like, yeah, you have to pay for the expensive one. I was like, oh, that, like, you know, everything included 450 uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. And he's like, you know what, we'll, we'll do it for 350 I was like, no way. You're going to give me a new pump, new everything, 100 bucks off, just because I'm being a little bitch in the store. That's it. I need to act like a Karen more often. That that paid off great. Oh, right on. You just need to act like a Karen a little bit more and like <laughs> save I can't your money. do it. I can't do it. I'll I'll pay the extra hundred bucks over acting like a Karen. I wasn't I, even I, being that bad. I was just sad. I was like, oh, damn, I can't pay more money. I can't do it though. Like I, oh, I'm like I said, one of those guys that like even if there's like a hair in my food, I can't send the dish back. I'll just like I'll push that aside and pretend I didn't see it. Like I just don't want to inconvenience this person. No, that's too much. I gotta complain a little bit. Maybe about that one, but you know what I mean. I, I just can't do it. <coughs> well, you're nicer than me. Anywho's, that's my fucking week. Um, oh, right on. We gonna well introduce on. our guest? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna bring on Kyle. We got a uh, Kyle Moffat from Minnedosa, Manitoba here. How you doing today, Kyle? Oh, what's going on there? <clears throat> I don't know. This phone's making me mad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry about that. No worries. We can cut her out after. Oh, oh Kyle. So what do you do? Yeah, let's get a, into it. I am a, I guess, my title is, is construction manager for uh, underground utility construction, but I, I wear multiple hats, you know, a little bit of project management, a little bit of in the hole, a little bit of everything. Okay, underground utilities. What does that really entail? I'm sorry, I'm a truck driver. I don't know much. <laughs> we uh, we specialize in uh, water and sewer type stuff, uh, especially water transmission, water distribution, that kind of thing. <clears throat> Very nice. So we are a blue collar podcast. We always like to find out what brought you into this. When did you start on the in the blue collar industry? Um, I was kind of born into it. My uh, 
my grandpa came back from the war and bought a truck and a tractor and started digging basements and hauling gravel. And then which war, which war are we talking about? Sorry. The second one, World War II. <laughs> World War II. <laughs> Very nice. He, uh, so he came back and then my dad kind of joined in, in the early seventies, sometime like that. And he kind of took over and when my brother and self and my brother and myself were, were of age, we kind of came into the business and, and uh, when I first came in, when I was 18, <clears throat> I hated it, hated it completely. You know, the early mornings, the, the hard work, completely didn't like it. And then stayed into it for uh, probably three or four years. And by the three or four years, I decided, yeah, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. Fair enough. I still hate the early mornings. I play it off as my customers don't want to be woken up before eight. So I don't go out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's I just because I hate early mornings. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Um, so you're working out of Verdon right now? Based out of Verdon, our office is out of Verdon. Um, where the day to day is kind of wherever the projects are. Um, being that, uh, much like yourself, Chase, we're in uh, we're in our breakup and road bands and things like that. We don't have a lot going on. Um, once we get fired back up, we got cleanup on on uh, one project actually in Verdon. It was it was. A nice project we had within like a mile of our office which was kind of nice and then uh, we got a couple others coming up in manitoba here that we'll have to do a little bit of traveling for but nothing major yeah, very nice so with underground i gotta how do you guys get all that pipe under just excavators or like when they go under the roads i don't understand how they get that in there it's it's it used to be everything was done by excavator, by open cut. You dig a you dig a trench and you lay the pipe in. But now the underground world is starting to go more and more to trenchless. So you see more directional drills coming in. And any road crossings you do now, you basically have to drill them. Um, just because the trenchless is so much, you know, so much cleaner, a lot less disturbance. Um so, it, yeah, it's a specialized rig that comes in, drills a pilot hole, reams a hole uh, big enough for your product pipe, and then you hook on to your product pipe and you pull through. Um, we kind of like the, the one we just finished in Burden was a 12-inch. And with a 12-inch, it's big enough that where you have room, you still, you still dig it the old-fashioned way. Um, but there's starting to get to be so many technologies now that – um, there's drills, there's, there's plows that can come in and do smaller diameter stuff and do, you know, thousands of meters in a day and, uh, different replacement technologies that's, you know, bursting that you can, you can renew a product online just in place of the old pipe. It's actually going to be pretty impressive. Some of the technologies coming out. Cool. So I should probably mention here, I was on a crew working under you for a while, Cal, when we were out in Saskatchewan together yes. and yeah. I had never done anything like that well i've done lots of excavation but i never did any main lines like that we were doing a uh, water service line for the town of estevan and uh this pipe we work with the connections though that i found that the most interesting part uh, part the fusing of pipes together is just fascinating to me the fact that we could just like you could explain it better than i could but uh you should dive into that a little bit because i find it super interesting yeah it is actually a really interesting uh a really interesting material it's it's a high density polyethylene and the way that you put it together is by pipe fusing and basically what it is it's a big it's a big uh call it a jig it's a fusion machine that you line two pipe ends up there's a spinning wheel 
um, I'll call it a wheel for, for, I guess no better word, but with, with blades on either side and this is this wheel turns and you force the pipe faces together and it cuts them completely square so that they match up completely perfectly. And then you open it up, you put a great big hot plate in, um, you bring the pipe together. This hot plate runs at about 425 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. You bring the pipe faces together and you just melt them and melt them for, depending on your size of pipe, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes, whatever it is, open it up, pull the hot plate out, and then you close it with a hydraulic ram that uh, one of the jaws is stationary, one of the jaws is movable. You close it and all it does is literally heat the ends of this pipe up and then force it together and it, it welds itself together. That's cool. And they, uh, uh, when you go through the course of it and they actually explain the science behind it, they, they compare it to taking a bowl of ice cubes melting it into water and then refreezing it into a big block of ice. You know, what's stronger, the, the bowl of ice cubes or the block of ice? The block of ice is, and that's the way that they compare these fuses to it. So it's a, it's just as strong as one big solid pipe then when you're done? Yeah, and actually the joints, if you do it right, the joints should be the strongest part. Your, your pipe should fail outside of a joint before it actually fails at a joint. Can you do joint scent on an angle, or does the pipe have to be pre-bent? Oh, we should send Chase a picture of that piece we built. <laughs> yeah, we we had one great big prefab in uh, in Estevan that was actually pretty impressive. But you can you can do them on an angle, but you have to have a special machine that'll do miter joints, they call them, and then you can you can fuse it whatever custom angle you want. Cool. Um, so why it was hard, Chase, you, you've been around excavators and stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm the hoe operator. <laughs> we got Kyle out there. And this hoe that we decided to use for some reason, I don't know why that was the one we had, but its stick was leaking. Like your middle, like you have your boom, your stick, and your yeah. bucket. The stick was leaking. So I'm trying to hoist this whole unit in the air. And these fusing on these major pipes, we were doing 22 or 24 there, Kyle. That was 24 of that. So they're forty-five minute cooldowns or for thirty? Uh, no, they were. I don't remember what they were. We were doing whole fuses in like fifty minutes, so probably less than forty-five. Okay, okay. So a, a whole while where I have to hold this whole apparatus we're building in the air with a stick that's leaking. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with two hands on one stick, just holding it slowly, trying to bullshit, trying to get through my day. That was not very fun. And, oh, that sounds like a painful job to yeah. sit there doing nothing but keeping a still. Yeah, and I'll give it to him that it was it was leaking so badly that I thought at first he was pressing down on the joystick. <laughs> but the reason, the reason, if anybody's listening and thinks, well, why didn't you guys just use a different hole? The reason we only had that hole was because there was there was we were on kind of like an island in the city is where their water feeding plant was, and there's two bridges on either side. And to bring it, you couldn't just walk a hole across. You had to get it low bedded all the way around. And we didn't have a low bed at the time. So we got stuck with the one hole that leaked real bad. And that was what we had to deal with. Oh, yeah. Low beds are expensive. Just let Jordan do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what's it like working with Jordan? I have to ask that question. Normally pretty good. Uh, Normally. <laughs> where's the bad part that day that day he was whining because he had to hold the lever so i just went and sat on my truck so i couldn't hear him it was pretty easy <laughs> that sounds like an easy solution yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. not the worst guy on the crew i remember 
what was it? We were out there with Rolo, and I came in one time, and I bought myself McDonald's. Now, I didn't tell the guys, obviously, I'm going to town. I'll buy them all McDonald's. But I wanted to kind of hide it from them. So I, I walk up to the site with a chicken burger, and everyone's, like, in a hole, all pissed off. Oh, you just go to town and get yourself McDonald's. And I ended up pulling off my hard hat where I had five junior chickens stuffed in there and gave it to each guy. And Rolo was pissed at me. <laughs> Rolo loves his chicken burgers. He would have been mad. Oh, he was he was fuming. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so before Chase accidentally uh, jumps off a bridge because we keep talking about pipe fusing, um, <laughs> cars. You have a couple of cars. You're kind of into them. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you got in the garage? The workable ones right now. I've got a an '88 Monte Carlo uh, SS. Nice. It's all black. It's right now. I haven't run it very much this year. I'm getting a motor built for it right now. And then last year I bought myself a 2019 Camaro Z01. So that is the car that every chance I get, I take it out because that's one that is a lot of fun. It is a very nice looking car. Mm-hmm. I lose my license way too quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was actually on probation last year for I had like eight speeding tickets in six months, and then I bought this car. So I thought for sure it was gone. How do you keep <laughs> it at that point? Eight tickets—that's pretty brutal. I sweet talked the lady doing the uh, doing my hearing, I guess. Holy! I I had three tickets and I couldn't sweet talk her. She she took me to the suspension. Oh, is that right? I. Before that, I had a fairly clean driving record, and at the time of my hearing, I was clean for about a year. So I was able to talk her into just letting me do re-education, and then I went to the course that said if you're five minutes late, you're not, you're out, and you lose your license. And the instructor was an hour and a half late. Okay, did did you have that one guy in your course that had to answer every question half the time he was wrong? Because I had a guy like that, and man, he drove me mental. Like, There's I mean, always one of those guys, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> every course. Exactly. <laughs> one that always has to ask every Like, Just shut up and let him get through the thing so we can like, leave. We're all here. None of us want to be here. We're doing a stupid oil field <laughs> ticket or first aid course. Just shut up. And let yeah. us pretend we're listening and get home at the end of the yeah, day. Exactly. And this then- Sorry, I was going to say there's always the one person they go around and, you know, you have to say why you're there. And for me, it was like, well, I just I got caught speeding too many times. Not a big deal. And then there's like three people that are like, yeah, I, I crashed a car into a building. Like, yeah, I had, a, I, had a you? D- you I had a DUI with my baby in the back. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't need to be here. You need to have your license taken away. <laughs> yeah, I just had speeding tickets. I was still on the road. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the kid in my class. He was pretty bad to the point where at the end you get a little form to fill out the instructor, like how she did. And I complained on there and said, well, control your class. But uh, this guy, we were talking about tow trucks, and he starts going off. People mentioned the beacons. He's like, oh, yeah, well, tow trucks, as soon as you turn the key, the tow trucks are permanently on. And I didn't say anything before that, but when he said that, I just turned around and said, shut the fuck up, yeah. man. You've never been oh. in a tow truck. <laughs> We need more people in these lesson lessons like you to just be like, shut the fuck up. Like Honestly. I'm tired of meetings. Like any kind of meeting. There's always somebody during this meeting. Like any questions? Yeah, I've got one. No, you can shut up and sit down. If it's yeah. important enough, you can email the instructor after the class. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Right. Uh funny, funny. Um, so I was gonna bring up what we were talking about working out there. Um, Chang. I don't know if he'll give this a listen, but the guy we worked with, I guess on the podcast, probably shouldn't call him Chang. His name is Scott. Why should we not call him Chang? His I, 
we uh quick story about chang just to preface his name his, his given name is scott gallinger and he ended up going getting the nickname chang um when we started at this company we were when we worked in estevan we all called him chang and our hr lady didn't like that um for obvious reasons but he uh he put on his company or on his personnel form that his preferred name is Chang Dong. So everybody, <laughs> even management, had to call him Chang Dong because that was his preferred name. Oh my God. They do. Pref- <laughs> uh, so I'm doing that we, next time I ever have that come up. Yeah. Yeah. So then whenever they asked something about Scott, I could say, who? And they'd say, oh, Chang Dong. Oh, yeah. Chang Dong. Okay. You guys are being racist. Um, actually, it's on the form. Yeah, it's actually what he prefers, so no, we're not. <laughs> but Chang is the, oh, the stuff we used to do, well, used to pay him to do out in Saskatchewan. My gosh, that guy would do anything for 20 bucks. Yeah. We would That's... get it. Chase, not in a weird way, Chase. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going there. I wasn't going what you guys were doing out in the bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we. what did we do the one time? Like, do the... Oh, straight arm challenge with coleslaw was one of them where he had a bowl of coleslaw from the kfc in town and he had to hold it straight out at arm's length and tip it above his head and try and catch it all in his mouth and the whole big bowl of coleslaw just splattered all over his face it was disgusting <laughs> do you know the straight arm challenge chase i've never heard of the straight arms challenge you hold something out straight armed as far as you can from your face and you tip it up and try to land it in your mouth it's the How dumbest the fuck thing I've ever seen. Does that work with coleslaw? It, it doesn't. doesn't. It just splats on your face. It's disgusting. <laughs> what an idiot. You can't even gently tip coleslaw out. So, what would what you, do you just say? Like, here, I'll give you 20 bucks. Let me throw a thing of coleslaw on your face. We exactly. usually it starts with 20 and we just add on to it until he says yes. Exactly. So, what normally oh. happened was I'd be doing, doing paperwork or doing, I'd be actually be doing my job, you know, and I'd come around the corner and here's Chang with a bowl of coleslaw all over his face. And I'm going, what are you guys doing? Get back to work. Do not pretend you didn't invest in some of these. I did not. I make a point to never join in on those. When we buried his head in concrete, who pushed it? That's different. I didn't pay for it. I just pushed it. (laughs) And by then we were at the end of the job. Supervisor doesn't pay, right? The supervisor doesn't pay. Because he's the one that's got to write the incident report later when it goes all sideways. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I need deniability. And how so you years? buried his head in concrete? No, Let's no, no. Over that part. <laughs> if someone in how many years digs up the pipeline we put in Estevan, there's going to be a young Asian man's face in yeah, one of these blocks. <laughs> yeah. We just told, told him to put his face in it. He didn't bury it in there. Yeah. It was pretty I funny. mean, that's less murdery, so I can yeah. see that. But to now, be fair, I pushed hard, like as hard as I could. I think I still have a picture of you doing. I wish I had a video. Like, and I'm I'm a pretty heavy guy, and I give her my all on the back. <laughs> that one wasn't a twenty buck one though. Like we we had to put up. I think that was probably like a hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. well, if you're paying a hundred and twenty bucks, yeah, you got to get some good face pushing going on. Oh yeah, that was yeah. the thing. It was like, hey, we're up this high. Like Kyle, fucking smash the face in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good time. That was a fun job. That was a good job. Um, okay, we'll switch topics here before we get called out for racism. Uh, <laughs> not racism, note. that's his preferred name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can identify true. as anything you want nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to hop over and just kind of 
you know, just out of interest, dive into your refing career, which I find actually quite interesting. Um, where did all did that take you and how did that start? Um, it started when I was, sorry, we should, oh, sorry to cut you off, but Chase, uh, Kyle does a lot of refing in Manitoba. You're like, uh, like hockey refing. I, I gathered that by, uh, by when you said refing career. Yeah. There's that, other that sports. Put two and two together and assume that he did some refing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And given the fact that you guys are from Manitoba, I just defaultly assumed it's hockey. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much else to do here. So. No, he, he doesn't sound like he's a soccer ref. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, guys, you can't pretend to be injured for the third time today. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, that one started when I was thir- 13 or 14. I can't remember. The first year I was eligible, I didn't do it. All my friends did it, and I got jealous because they were all busy. So I started. Um, and I I refed for until I was 30. So probably whatever it was, 16, 16 17 years I refed for. Um, never got to a super, super high level like I did um junior a in manitoba here and then it'd be the equivalent of the bchl and in bc there um and then i did i did probably five league finals um which is a big deal for me and for guys in our area um but yeah it it uh i got to go to quite a few tournaments in that it was a lot of fun and it was it was super time consuming um I refed a lot of a lot of guys that play pro now. I I uh, was on the ice with, and uh, I was on the ice with Willie back when he pretended that he could stop the puck. Yeah, when I was a goalie, <laughs> what a mistake that was. Yeah, I, to be fair, I was too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was something that uh, took a lot of time. I one year I counted, and the one year I did two hundred games in a year, um, and that was when I was on the ice lots. Like I was on the ice normally six or seven nights a week and on weekends it was like four games in a weekend and it was it was busy so yeah i really enjoyed that i got a lot of really good friends that came out of that and you you did a little bit on were you on a board like what were you doing when you were out in saskatchewan like you were managing where other refs were going to and such right i was the so hockey manitoba is split into i don't remember how many regions like 10 and our region which is our town and probably about 10 or 12 others is called the yellowhead region and i was the referee in chief for the yellowhead region so anything that came out of these say dozen towns um i was in charge of and i was our representative at the provincial level um so that was i did that for probably six or eight years um that's something that you get you know you need to be very patient doing and i'm not a very patient man and the politics of it definitely took over and i you know rather than tell a lot of people exactly what i thought about them i just needed to to leave i i don't know how much you can dive into it, but what was the the wackiest situation you might have had to deal with on that um if you can talk about it there's not a lot of wacky stuff um the worst the most frustrating is racial issues there's there's a lot of racial issue in hockey. Um, and we had a couple of years where on and, and things that like hit the newspaper and um, 
dealing dealing with that was probably the most the most frustrating and then having to talk to guys and put out a mandate about you know about how to handle things you know because there was a lot of I don't know a lot of accusations going this way that way and being that I wasn't there you know I can't confirm or deny but I have to go off reports right so um but as far oh, as that'd be frustrating yeah it really was and that was part of what really made me stop loving doing it uh, what was that like first nations against the other ones or yeah yeah it, it uh most of it had to do with first Nations stuff um and there was some stuff in their defense there was some things i saw on the ice when there was first nations teams that you know people would say in the crowd it's like okay you can you can leave right now because these kids don't need to hear that shit come out of your mouth Oh no! They're just all kids playing a sport. That's bullshit. That's right. Like your your little Johnny here has served six uh, hooking penalties because he can't even keep up. So he's not going to the NHL, and neither are you. Why don't you go inside and order me a cheeseburger? Yeah, no, that's right. Because that still is being dealt with, honestly. Yeah, it, it is, and I don't know if it'll ever quit. You know, Hockey Manitoba, and not just Hockey Manitoba, Hockey BC and Alberta and Hockey Canada. They're taking steps for parents and coaches, and and there's things like respect in sport that you have to take. Um, that's trying to prevent that stuff. Um, I don't know if it'll ever go away. I hope it does. I definitely hope it does because it's something that doesn't need to come out in the game. But um, they need to do something about it because that, yeah. that, nothing pisses me off against racism against kids. Like that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, that is fucking bullshit completely. You know. So and and even. And not even on the racial side, I've had a couple, a couple teams that had some overzealous parents that would go in and yell at my young referees, you know, and they would treat them like grown men. And these kids are terrified. So what ended up happening was I would go to these games that I knew these parents were at and I would sit right behind them. And as soon as they would yell at my referees, I would scream at them, you know. <laughs> Maybe not the right way to handle it. You, you no, see, no, uh, that is the right way to handle it. You ever see the show Yellowstone? Uh, I've, I've seen parts of it. I haven't actually sat down and watched it yet. There's that one guy on the ranch that his rule is, if you're going to fight somebody, you fight me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And that was my theory, you know, cause I'm, I'm not to say I'm intimidating, but I'm not, I'm not 130 pounds either, you know? So you're, you're bigger than me. <laughs> you can spat, you can smash some faces into concrete. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. If I needed to. So if you're going to yell at these kids and you're a grown ass man, I will scream at you. I have no oh, with that. Speaking of screaming, okay, we're going off here, sorry. But I now come to think of Kyle's mad moments, <laughs> as many as there are. So, Chase, I'll, I'll give you the story of one of the first times me and Kyle ever interacted. I think I knew who you were, but I don't think we ever talked before this. So we're at a festival in our town here called Rockfest. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, 20,000 people come out. It's slowed down since then, but it's pretty pretty awesome. It's like just a drunk fest weekend bands everything so in this weekend someone messed with kyle's vehicle that monte carlo we brought up someone i don't want to dive into that and i don't think we need to but they they vandalized your car Mm -hmm. so kyle was hunting down this guy and he had this kid was hiding from him and they turned out to come towards my campsite and at my campsite i'm there with my 300 hundred dollar camper which is painted like the ukrainian flag and we're out, chairs in front. I got a big awning out. It's just a great old time. And, and riled up Kyle comes into my campsite and starts throwing around this kid who's messed with his car, which rightfully so. 
So Kyle is foaming at the mouth. Like his beard's got fucking foam in it. Like he is ready to murder someone. <laughs> and I'm drunk, just trying to have a good time at Rockfest. And he's slamming some kid against my camper. And all this is going on. I walk up to kind of tap him on the shoulder. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Um, my awning? You're, you're hurting my awning. And Kyle <laughs> looks at me like red eyes just puffing. He's like, grabs the kid, takes him to the back and just starts slamming him over there. Hey, as long as my awning's okay. You want to protect that $300 camper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've had those campers before. I figured I better not totally destroy the thing. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll be honest, though. The $300 camper is the best party camper. You're going out to a music fest. The $300 camper is the only way to go because you don't have to give a fuck what happens to her at the end of the day. That's well, right. apparently I still do. But it was you painted like you can in flag and we are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those, those are the nice ones if it does come home behind you great if you leave it there ah, it is what it is well my favorite if kyle throws it... a kid through the awning <laughs> well you're out like 40 bucks yeah <laughs> my favorite part about it was the shower and the bathroom well we that's all old tech uh it's all old plumbing and cracked up so we just take it out there's still holes in the floor you got yourself a perfect piss shower <laughs> <laughs> you manitoba boys holy yeah. fuck <laughs> As long as there's a party, we're happy. What do you mean? This is an outhouse now. No, yeah, you're right. pissing in a hole in the floor in the camper. Well, the worst part is is people see this shower area, and it's not being used. So when people come to the campsite, oh, where do we put our bags? So a guy and a girl I knew threw, threw their, all their clothes and stuff in this corner that wasn't being used. And in the morning when they're asking why it was wet, no one had the heart to bellow. <laughs> Never put your bags or pass out in the piss hole. Never do that. That's your own fault. Yeah. You should wonder why it's clean and smells like gear, and that's on you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, I got one question. We ask all the truckers what the lightest load they've ever Whoa. hauled is. What is the cut. most ridiculous job you've ever been sent out to do that you're like, why are we doing this? We got sent out when I was probably 20, working for my dad's company. Me and a couple of buddies of mine got sent out to move a building in a guy's yard. And it wasn't a big building, but it was like a, probably a 20 by 20, like a great big ice fishing shack, like a real big one. And uh, we got sent out with basically a half ton and a couple, and a, a half ton, a flatbed trailer, no machines, and a couple of, um, a couple of uh, farm jacks. And, uh, I think that's all you need, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we all live together and these guys just got home from the rigs, you know, so they had rig money and, and we drank all the time. So we're trying to do this hungover, trying to get underneath these buildings and jack them up with these farm jacks and back this trailer underneath. Long story short, it didn't go very well. And, uh, one buddy took a, took the jack handle across the face and it was raining and it was ugly. And me, me and my old man had some words after that one. I thought that was pretty stupid that we were doing that. That was <laughs> probably, the waste of time. Yeah, that was probably the worst job I've ever been sent to do. That we're, we were probably set up for failure on that one. It sounds like it. Yeah. The jack handle across the face. Those jackals can be weapons if you're not oh, used properly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's the only, that's one of those stories. That's how you know between a young worker and an old worker. Because the young one's always like, oh, that was a stupid job after doing it. And then experience, just no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing with the, the jack haul, though. 
when I was 13 years old, I was using one. I didn't really know how they work. Smacked me right in the teeth. Never happened since. Always been safe around jacks. Yeah, you put your face in the wrong spot once. That's it. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm a truck driver. I'm way too lazy to even deal with those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you All okay? right, bring I'll the picker it. out. <laughs> Just too easy. Are you still got your end dumps there, Kyle? Uh, yes, I still do, technically. They're still uh, owned by me. We're still trying to get rid of them. So, Chase, he's not a truck driver, but he owns two end dumps. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I own two uh, 30-foot tridums. Okay. Nice. Who was running them there for a bit? Uh, my brother was running them for a little bit uh, last year. And then there was a guy that we used to work with out of Saskatchewan that was running them for a while. And I think that's where they are right now. You think? Well, they're, <laughs> they're, they're owned between me and a, and a buddy of mine. So he's the one that was dealing on them last. Ah, fair so I, I'm sick of the things. If they'd, you know, if they'd catch a fire, it'd be fine by me. Well, hey, we can advertise for you. If anyone listens to this, um, two Trinum end dumps for sale. Yeah, there you go. One more here. I was just going to bug you about, I don't know everything behind it here, Kyle. So you'll have to fill in the blanks. But I recall Blake telling me this story about him and some other guys when they were working for your dad's company and a pickup truck, drinking, not showing up to work. What? <laughs> you know which one I'm alluding to? I'm guessing the one in Treehern. I think, I think that's the one. I don't know how many of these there were, though. Well, that was... <laughs> yeah, the was... fact that you have to guess which one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... We were doing a job down in Treehern, um, which is, we, we had to stay in a hotel because it's about an hour and a half away from home. So rather than waste three hours a day driving, we just stayed. And we had a young crew and we had a new, fairly new foreman. I'm not going to say his name, but um, anyways, they, they all go out driving and I was rooming with, I was, I was the guy in charge on the job and um, I was rooming with one of our old operators and this guy had worked for my family for 20 years, knew him really well. So I roomed with him and these young guys all went out and, you know, had a little fun, which was fine, but they didn't keep it to the hotel. They decided to get in one of their trucks and, you know, go for a booze cruise way out in the middle of the night and got probably about, I don't remember how far from town, probably five or seven miles from town. And ended up trying to, and this was early May. It was just like, I don't even think road bands were off yet. And they got out in some farmer fi- farmer's field and, and uh, it was wet and boggy and, you know, they were going to go four by four. And so they got out there and got stuck. So the kid that owned the truck comes running back to town, ran the whole five, seven miles to town, left the other guys there. It was about 2.30 in the morning. Seven miles? Yeah, it was a ways. Holy and uh, so he comes and he knocks on mine and uh, our operator's name was Alf. He knocks on mine and Alf's door. So Alf gets up and answers the door. And this kid looks at him and goes, holy shit, wrong room. Sorry. So, you know, <laughs> Alf and me both scream at him. Get the fuck to bed. We got to go tomorrow. Fuck. You know, so he goes, we hear him go to the next room. And uh, we hear him scrounge because their room was beside ours. We hear him scrounging around. And then next, you know, next thing we don't hear any more noise and we go back to sleep. So we get up in the morning and their truck is gone and this kid comes for breakfast. He's late for breakfast and nobody else shows up. And I said, where the fuck is everyone? Like you guys, if you're going to drink, that's fine. But get the fuck out of bed. And he said, well, I think they're in my truck. And I said, what do you mean they're in your truck? Where's your truck? Well, we got it stuck in a field last night. Wait, so he left them? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just ran seven miles. He's tired. He needs yeah. a nap, Jordan. <laughs> so what he was trying to do was he was trying to come back to get our crew service truck to go out and pull his own truck out in the middle of the night. But his roommate had the keys, and his roommate was an older, not an older guy, but he was older than I am. He's probably, you know, 40 now. And uh, he says, yeah, I wasn't going to give him the keys. Fuck that. I knew what he was doing. So I said, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I said, well, you guys go to site. You get the fuck in my truck. Take me to your truck. So we go to his truck. And, uh, you know, here's, I can't remember if it was three or four of them in the truck. They slept in the truck all night. But we never come back <laughs> for them. <laughs> and I, you know, I lose my shit. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? You know that we're here for a reason. You do this stupid shit. And one of them that was left in the truck was this new foreman who should have known better. Cause he was like, at the time he was like 40. And, uh, <laughs> so I said, well, I'm not, I'm not, taking my truck anywhere near you because i'm just going to get mine stuck and we're all going to be fucked so i took this kid down to the the closest farmyard and i said get out walk into that farmyard knock on that fucking door and tell them you need help <laughs> i like that just make him do it yeah i said you're the idiot otherwise i'm taking everyone in your truck staying here till i don't give a shit when so he does he goes in and this farmer comes out and the farmer agrees to help him and i said okay i said i'm gonna go drop you back off at your truck i'm going to work and I said, make sure, I said, you get money from each and every one of those fucks and you pay that man for pulling you out. <laughs> and Fair, that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I go back to the site, or to their truck, sorry, and I say uh, to the foreman that was there, I said, you get in my truck, we're leaving. So as soon as he goes to get in my truck, I went, wait, 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 no, no, you get paid too much. You fucking stay here. And I pointed at Blake, who was just a laborer at the time. And I said, you get in my truck, we're leaving. That guy can fucking stay there and not get paid because he's so stupid. <laughs> Good. So we went to site and between the guys that were left, you know, we kept working on site and about probably about two hours later, the rest of them showed up and we continued the day. And, uh, and that was when I told that foreman, I said, you can either be one of the boys or you can be in charge, but you cannot be both. Well, exactly. That's how you get yourself into those situations. That's right. And I said, there's a fine line you cannot cross, and you cross. And if that happens again, you will not be here. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Did they and pay I, the farmer? They paid the farmer. They. I don't know how much, but I think it was 50 bucks, whatever it was. And that was the last problem we had on that job. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> I bet, I bet. The only thing I can, I got to ask is, Got a bunch of guys in the pickups. Do they not think that tow trucks fucking exist? Like, I my ass would have called a mad, tow truck immediately. Mad, but man, we don't even know what tow trucks are. If Quite you honestly, have... I think the closest tow truck for them would have been like two hours away. God, I would have paid that over running seven miles <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, oh, that I agree with you. Yeah, but. Man, I would have paid that before. I've worked for some bosses, and I would have paid any four-hour, five-hour call-out fee every single time before ever waking one of my bosses up at 3 a.m. to tell him oh. my truck's stuck. Well, okay, oh, and, and hold up here. That was young Kyle, too. Like, you've mellowed out a bit. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have made that call. I think I would have started walking home instead of seven miles. Yeah, I was only – I can't remember how old I would have been. I was only about 25 then, and I was going to just punch this kid right in the face. I was so mad. <laughs> You know, like I was, I was fuming and, uh, so I managed to control it. It helped that 
that Alf, my old operator, was there. And, you know, he was pretty chill. He just, relax, relax. We'll just keep going. But, uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned of other ways to deal with things like that. And that's part of my, you know, make that kid go in and talk to the farmer on his own and pay the man. And I've, I've come up with a lot of creative, creative punishments for stupid things like that. So, you know, are there good creative punishment yeah, ideas trying, for uh, supervisors out here? I'm trying to think here if we, uh, if, if I've ever been doled out a creative punishment from you. Uh, I don't think you have, but there's ones like if you're, if you're on a job and you got a, say you got a whole bunch of delineators on site, you send a guy with a, a rag and a bucket, and your job today is to wash delineators out on the highway with everyone speeding <laughs> past you, you know, looking <laughs> like an asshole. Oh, that's a good one. When it rains, you send a guy out with a mop and say, here, go mop the site. <laughs> Even the have, have you made someone mop the site? Yeah. I'm not, well, I, made a guy, I made a guy mop our concrete pad in front of our shop once when it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, one that I've done to the guys I have now, like Blake and, and Chang, one that I've done to them commonly is all, when we work with pipe, normally we cut it with a chainsaw or a uh, power saw like a gas powered saw when we do pvc then you can cut it and you can bevel it real nice but what i'll do when they piss me off is i'll take their gas powered saw away and i'll give them a hand saw and a file <laughs> and they have to cut this whatever it is 12 inch pipe with a hand saw and then try and bevel it with a file and it takes them like three hours to do one joint that is a solid oh, that's evil i love it like i lose production time on site but at the same time they learn to quit fucking with me and in the and long awesome. run, that's probably better for production. I agree, yeah. <laughs> I I don't get how guys do mess with you, because when I'm on site with you, I try not to rally you up. It is a scary thing. <laughs> Some of them know, you know, Chang is the worst, because when we were in Verdon, we stayed together. So he would get it, not only would he get it at, on site, but then we'd come home and I'd just keep yelling at him. <laughs> you know, like he couldn't get away from me. <laughs> so he, uh, he quite quickly learned where the line was and not to cross it. Oh, the last time I came okay, back to Alf here, I, I know Alf from Minty's there, but uh, Chase, you'll like this one. The last time I saw Alf is when he picked up that uh, burnt semi in my yard. I I had oh, a semi right. I picked up, I was doing a job with, it was a Kenworth, I don't know what number it was, but it was a 2004 Kenworth. I parked in my yard overnight and I wake up to my girlfriend shaking me. I was a little sick in the morning. So I said, just, you know, I'm staying in bed. She's like, no, no, like your, your truck's kind of smoking. I'm like, ah, it's just the, it's a, uh, oh, what's your heater? It's just your, it's just my your heater block, going off. Heater. Yeah. It's just my heater. Just leave me alone. She's like, no, like, it's smoking pretty bad. So I'm like, oh, fine. Like, I'll get up just to shut you up. So I walk out the door and there is smoke billowing out of my truck. <laughs> and my battery box somehow shorted out overnight and lit on fire. And this thing was up in a blaze. I had to get the fire extinguisher out. Luckily, we did our safeties right. And the new <sighs> extinguisher is ready to go. Blew her down. It's like truck's just screwed up, sitting there for, I don't know, a few days until Elf came and got her. <laughs> oh, don't you know, though, if a truck catches fire, you got to let it burn? You put the I, extinguisher, shoot it in front of the flames so the yeah. insurance adjuster can say, oh, well, he tried. Yeah, I was going to res- do that. I was going to do that, but it's parked by my camper. And it's like, if it hops to the camper. You would have lost $300. Yeah. Not no, no, I, I, no, that's my old camper. I got a $15,000 camper now. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, Not the funny. cheap one. Honestly, though, would have done it for the cheap one, though. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm too I, Ukrainian. 
I will say that I don't know if Alf will ever listen to this because he doesn't know what technology is. But, no. uh, you know, how everyone says they have a mentor in their life that taught them so much. Alf was mine, hands down. Alf, Alf taught me so much when I was young. So. I, I've always like been around Alf. He's one of those guys when he talks, I usually, I listen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, um, I don't think he ever, he knows exactly how much he taught me, but he taught me a pile. Ah, that's awesome. Then there's Chase's mentor. I don't know who'd you, who who would be yours, Chase. Oh, my grandpa, for sure. My grandpa taught me everything I knew about equipment and trucks and work ethic and all that. Speaking of trucks, you grew around trucks, Chase or Kyle. Like, did you drive much? I to this day, I have. Oh, fuck. I don't know how many miles I got on truck. Lots and lots. Not a million, but, you know, well over probably a quarter million. And I, to this day, don't have my driver's license. Not my class one. <laughs> that doesn't make you a truck driver. It's if you can shift the gear. <laughs> my dad was bugging me when I was 18 to go get it as soon as I could. And I walked up and I, you know, I did my, my pre-trip and we got in and, you know, he said, you did really well. And I said, perfect. He said, but you failed. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? And he said, yeah, when we walked up, you never told me your brakes were set and you never told me that your seat was bolted down. And I got so fucking mad that I've never been back since. <laughs> Jesus, bolted down? That's something, I don't even remember saying that in the text. Yeah, that was, he said, no, he said, I'm, I'm not going to fail you. I'm actually going to cancel you. But yeah, you got to say those two things. I said, fuck this. This is dumb. I don't need a license. It, honestly, those, those tests are completely ridiculous what they test for they yeah. test for people that can memorize a book not whether they can actually drive a truck or not my brakes yeah. are set i feel like the the examiner did not say not teach people to say that but the examiner should open the door see whether those two buttons are out and if the buttons aren't out fail them for being a fucking retard yeah exactly, exactly. Oh, it should be driving based only, honestly. Not only, but you, a quick pre-trip. The stuff they make you yeah. say, like, oh, it's ridiculous. Well, it, you should have to do a walkthrough of explaining what different parts do on the truck, not just the alternator, because they're teaching people to be like, alternator. You should have to go through and be like, you know, this is the alternator, charges the batteries, explain the air tanks, explain the air, like, explain the mechanical parts of the truck and how they work. Don't just say, yeah, alternator is secure, belts are good, and then the guy gets out there and he's heard the word alternator once in his life, but he has no clue what it does or what's going to cause the issues. That's what they need to be doing. That Just changing that little simple thing from air compressor's good to explaining what an air compressor does would make a big difference, I think. Yeah, yeah, knowing what the air dryer is, you know, little shit like that. Oh, it's, it is ridiculous. It uh, And the people that, you know, can point and say alternator, those are the people that, you know, two weeks later they take out a light standard because they cut the turn short. Or a school bus. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to get it on bolt again. <laughs> no, but you know how pissed off I am about that. Yeah. I know, I know. I've heard they've uh, upgraded that intersection pretty big now. Yeah, they know. should, but honestly, it's one of those ones where just put in roundabouts on the range roads. Make everyone just do a big circle. And that, none mm-hmm. of those crashes would happen. Yeah, I don't know how many they upgraded that one, but how many others are not just in Saskatchewan, but everywhere are like that. Everywhere oh, you go in the prairies, they, they said, oh, well, we fixed this one intersection where this one bus crash occurred. Well, how many other hundreds of thousands of intersections are there in the prairies? Yeah, I, I, I think Sorry, I don't know what BC is like, but like we got MIT here, like Manitoba Infrastructure and Transport. Some of the stuff they do is considered a joke. I'll say it, you know, someone can get mad at me, but like there's corners 
where you're on a gravel road and you have, you're you're a full truck length past the stop sign trying to see no brush clearing no nothing like it's it's a mess well honestly that's why i think the like driving driving over in europe a fair bit the roundabout is something that the prairies need to embrace it's just one of those things that it cuts the monotony of long straight roads where people miss stop signs when you come out because you got to pay attention or you're going to do a dukes of hazard impersonation <laughs> fair enough you ought to be paying attention Right? Like the first jump or two is going to make you alert the next time. Well, I don't know what the budget is here, but it's ridiculous. I was doing one RM where we were brush cutting for uh, exactly that, like bad corners. And uh, I was looking at one corner and uh, we we had to stop this one area, which you couldn't see at all. But we had to stop because we hit the RM's budget. And I was like, wait, wait, we did all this other work, but this one's the worst. They can't see when they come around this thing. Ah, we hit budget. Let them die. Holy like, fuck. Like that's literally... We hit budget. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst intersection. Someone's going to die. I'd be like, yeah, but we spent enough money. So, like, hopefully it's just not this intersection where it happens. Exactly. Well, we just lost Kyle. <laughs> he got cut off there. Oh, but, okay. Uh, well, we'll call that an interview then. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the end. Well, sounds good. See you later, Jason. Yeah, take your easy, Jordan.